Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast, your place to manage stress, reduce burnout, and find more balance in your life as an SLP. I'm your host, Jesse Andrix, and I am excited today to have fellow SLP Leanna Valentine here. So Leanna, thank you so much for being here today to share some of your story. Thank you for letting me. It's, it's um, a scary but needed conversation that I'm ready to have. Yeah. And you know, I think that's how it goes with anything that's personal to us, right? Because right. It's, it, we hold it so, so close in and, and it could be really hard to share, but then also anything that deals with like stress and uncertainty and hardships, like it's just, yeah, it could be really hard to share that. So I'm really happy and, and excited and grateful that you're here to share your story today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, you're welcome. So before we dive in really deep, you are an SLP. And I think that, um, you know, we, we've been chatting a little bit and 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 beforehand and, and kind of just having a good time before we even started. But <laughs> you have, you know, quite the range as an SLP that, that you've worked. So can you share a little bit with um, the work that you do and maybe some of like your history as an SLP? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've always done peds with the exception of like a nine or 10 month stint. I'm doing PRN <laughs> in the geriatric community. Um, but I graduated in 2003 and I, at the time thought it was either schools or VAs that you could work at. And I was mm -hmm. like, I want to work in schools. And so I did that for a while and then switched over to more of medical based in clinic and home health settings, and then kind of encountered some logistic issues, went back into the school system in, in 2015, and then because of health and personal career choice, I started my own private practice, um, did it part-time while I was still working full-time in the schools in 2016, and then ended my school contract in the summer of 2017. And I've been doing my private practice since then. Wow. Yeah. That is a really, like, that's, you've kind of hit like every aspect of working with peds, it sounds like. Yeah. The only thing I missed <laughs> out on was working in the hospital. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with that, to be honest. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an empath by nature and I think it would be very difficult for me as a human being to work in a hospital setting. And that's just, my, it's not, it's just my personal preference. Um, I think I would carry a lot of the um, worries and concerns of the patients and their families home with me. And so I know better, I know that about myself. And so that's why I stick with home health. And for me, it's the perfect, um, the perfect venue for me because I can help the kids one-on-one, -on -one, which I see so much more progress and I get a relationship and rapport with the families. So I'm seeing more carryover than in the schools where you don't have the opportunity to mm -hmm. um, know all the parents and really get that deep connection. So yeah, yeah it took me 17 years. Well, yeah, almost 14, 14 years to, to find my quote unquote dream job. So, well, but that's really helpful to know. Um, 
because I know that there are a lot of people, myself included, that start out and you want that dream job like right away, or you maybe even think you are in your dream job and then it doesn't live up to what you thought. And it's like, okay, well now what I I've made the wrong choice. This is, you know, and you kind of don't know what to do. So it's nice to know that it doesn't always happen right away. And that's that's the path to it. Right. And that's what I did. uh, You know, like when I left college and went into the school system and I was taking over for a retiree and she had been at that campus for 29 years. And I thought, okay, so this is going to be it. This is what I'm going to do for 29 years because that's what she did. And um, my first year, it was great because I had another SLP there who handled, there were um, three PPCD classes on that campus and I only had 50 students. And I was like, that's manageable. I mean, it's it's a lot, but it's manageable. Mm-hmm. But by my third year, I had over 100 and oh my gosh yeah and that support had gone um just you know the revolving door as it is in um education and that's when that's truly when my stress levels started and just kind of to give a back note about me i am a nerve or as a kid i was considered a nervous child if that makes sense. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it sensitive, but I would always have stomach aches. Things would upset me easily. Um, I would get stressed out, but I just, I didn't connect the dots because back in the seventies and the eighties that that wasn't talked about. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even in high school and college, you know, I was stressed out, which I mean, who isn't stressed out in college, but um, this third year, um, that I was in the school system, I started noticing physical changes in my body. So it wasn't just like the anxiety or the ruminating thoughts, things like that. I ended up, my metabolism worked into overdrive and I lost 20 pounds and I'm slender, um, generally. So I went into a very unhealthy state, mm-hmm. um, to where I would actually have to pin like safety pin my pants so they oh wouldn't fall down. Yeah, it was pretty significant. And um, then I developed this constant vertigo. It was positional vertigo. So whenever I would look down, it felt like I was tumbling over. And um, I had never experienced that before. So I didn't know what was going on there. Um, And then I started having heart palpitations. Those were pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And it all came to a head think in the spring, early in the spring semester, because I thought, okay, well, I, I don't know what's going on, but I, you know, you just keep pushing through, keep pushing through because you can make it to summer break and then you can figure it out. Well, I figured out now that that's, mm -mm. no, if you don't take care of yourself, your body will pick a time for you. Mm -hmm. And go ahead. In the, the waiting till the summer, that is, um, I think that's a big trap that we, mm-hmm. you know, if you work in the schools that, you know, even now we get stuck in yeah. and yeah, it's that like, okay, if I could just make it through like start of the year, you know, it's, it's okay. Or you're kind of like, well, it's stressful because it's the start of the year. And then, well, it's stressful because it's the holidays. And then it's stressful because there's IEPs at the end of the year. And if I just make it through, right. summer will be the reward. But it shouldn't it be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And then it doesn't ever really work because you, 
and, and I did this for sure. Like you end up either going into denial all summer that you like have a job uh-huh. <laughs> or, or you like, you know, you're enjoying it, but it's always in the back of your mind that you have to go back. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, how many more weeks? Oh my gosh, it's only one more month. Mm-hmm. Like now there's only three more weeks. I have to go back in two. And, and so it, it doesn't ever work or really help you completely work through the stress. Right. So, and yeah. I ended up having, and you know, I, I look back at it now where if you don't make time for yourself, your body will find a time for you. And that's what it mm-hmm. did. And I ended up taking a month off, um, wow. with FMLA and, you know, went and got my chemicals balance, which I always consider a polite way to say that I got medicated. Um, but I do have generalized anxiety disorder and, you know, going through my history, I realized that that's just who I am. That's the way my brain works. And so to keep that managed so I can function and be a functioning positive member of society, that's what I needed to do. And, um, then I did a lot of just mindset work really, and changed my diet, um, which I found triggers for certain dietary changes that would affect my stress, which is sugar. And that's my love. So (laughs) (laughs) sugar and I have a love hate relationship. I mean, we really do, but you, you realize, and this is what I did is like, okay, I got myself right. And went back and finished out the year, which by the time that I was gone, um, an SLP covered for me and I got five more kids on my caseload while I was gone. So I was like, okay, no. mm -mm." And as a type A personality, it's very difficult to manage a caseload like that. When you want to give your all to each one of your students, you can't. And that was something that I couldn't rectify. I couldn't say, okay, well, I'm going to continue to do this job, even though I'm not providing the best care. And so that's why I made the decision to leave and to go into the medical field, doing clinic work and home health, where I was doing a one-on-one, where there was that more intensive um, intervention. And did you find that that helped... um like making that switch helped manage some of your stress or, or helped you, you know, reduce some of it? Or, I mean, was that stressful switching to from school to more of a clinic based? It was, I like a challenge. I like a mental challenge. And so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, switching the script. I will say it was entertaining the first time you like, I, um, the company that I worked for, it no longer exists. But um, when I started, they had me do ride-alongs with a couple of therapists. And then I took over one of her patients just because it was kind of far for her to drive, but she was willing to make the drive temporarily. And it was a little two-year-old girl. And so I had prepped and it was an hour long session because that was back in the day where you did hour or 53 minute sessions. And I prepared like, okay, we're going to do all this stuff. We were done with all of my materials in 30 minutes. And I was like, "Uh oh, okay, (laughs) this this is a a learning curve right here because I was used to not getting things done in 30 minutes for a group of four kids. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a learning curve, but I really enjoyed it because it wasn't like see kid, see kid, see kid, see kid. It was, you know, as you're driving, 
you know, you're driving in between. So there was that time to kind of decompress in between. And it was a more, to me, a more relaxing setting because I'm in the family's home and it's just, it's different. It got more stressful when I was placed in positions of administration. That's Mm -hmm. when the stress came back. Yeah. So what did that look like for you? Um, the stress or the administrative job? Uh, kind of both. Like okay. what, maybe what the tasks were and, and like, what do you think that like brought on the stress and what oh, the stress okay. was like? So um, my caseload decreased um, for just a little bit. I managed, I, I say managed, I supervised an SLPA who she's fabulous. Haley Roebuck. I know you're going to listen to this. So (laughs) you're amazing. Um, and so I enjoyed that because I got to kind of mentor and teach. And so I like that part. I did not like having to read and hand sign all the notes because that was back in the day when you had to hand sign everything. (laughs) So that wasn't fun, but then I got into an assistant manager position and I think The reason why is because I was that hustle mindset Mm -hmm. and always give your best. And you're like, well, wow, she's still doing this and she's managing great. Let's add this. Let's give her this. And so, you know, I got the opportunity to be an assistant manager and then tasks just kept coming on to my desk. And that would be, it's a sign of being good at what you do, but it's also a hindrance. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you're so good that everybody wants you to do everything, which you're like, wow, thank you so much. That's, you know, that's very, um, not an honor. What's the word I'm looking for? Compliment. Um, But it's also, you know, it's like that double-edged sword. You're like, thanks for the opportunity, but wow, now I don't have enough time to do all the other things that I'm supposed to do. And so I was managing doing claims and, you know, um, tagging down speech therapists, OTs and PTs saying, hey, I need you to do your note. Hey, I need you to finish this report. Hey, you didn't do this, Um, which I don't like to do because I don't like confrontation. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. Yes, that was not fun. And so that's when the stress came back in because I was so focused on do this, do this, do this, that all of that work that I had done prior when I took that um, medical leave it just went by the wayside. And that's my cycle. Everything's going great. I add more stuff to my plate. I get overwhelmed. And then I hit that stress point where my body lets me know, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. You've ignored yourself. And I'm going to gently remind you. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to have another medical condition to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like we, we talked about this right before we, we hit record, but it's like we we, we have this habit, like, and it's not just SLPs. I think it's like everyone, but definitely as SLPs, we have that habit of like, if it's mentally stressful and it's affecting our mental health, we'll just deal with it. Right. But then once it hits our physical health, that's when it's like, oh, this might be a problem. (laughs) Maybe I should make some changes. Right. And that's, you know, before when my body just, you know, back when I was in the schools and my body literally stopped me, And so I did get diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And then I went to a cardiologist and got diagnosed with mitral valve prolapse, which apparently 
my cardiologist said is an extremely common condition for, how did he politely put it, uptight, skinny white females. So that must be me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is it's managed usually that um, diagnosis goes hand in hand with high blood pressure. Well, I have extremely low blood pressure. So I can't manage it medically. I have to manage it with my diet. But mm. you know, when you're stressed out, you're not always eating the healthiest things. That's very true. And very so, true. Yeah. And so then, you know, you're not, well, I need to get better at this. But, you know, back in the day, it was like you would just grab fast food on the way home or you would eat an um, extremely sugary cereal bar in the car on the way to work. And so you sacrifice your health for those extra couple of minutes. And if you set yourself up for success by just saying, no, these are my non-negotiables. And that's a just nasty term right there, a non-negotiable to say, no, I need to do this before this happens. I need to eat breakfast before I leave. So you make time in your schedule to do that. Otherwise it's going to come back and bite you later. But I don't, I, I know that. Inherently, and I can say that with confidence, but I still cycle in, you know, that stress cycle where everything's going great. And then I let stuff on me, my personal stuff slide because I put my importance on others. And that's, that's, I think a part of being an empath when you're in the healthcare system, you know, that's why you got into the service that you did, you know, to help others. And you just, and I'm also an Enneagram one wing two. So that's like <laughs> pretty much me just giving my life to others and not really taking care of myself. But if you don't do that, you don't have a self to give. And so yeah. that's another reminder. I'm like, okay, if you don't take this time, you may not be able to help them later. So take the time now. Yeah. It, those. It, it's so it's so true of like our, our field. And I never know if it's, I mean, I'm sure it's a combination, but I never know if it's, we're drawn to the field of like helping professions and then SLP specifically because we have a lot of those traits and characteristics, Mm -hmm. or if those are like drilled into us in school that like you need to give and give and give. And, you know, I mean, grad school is so intense that it's kind of like you don't, have much of a life and if you do have other things like I worked um five at a restaurant I worked like five days a week or five nights Mm -hmm. you know a week at a restaurant in grad school and that was kind of like very frowned upon like how dare you do something Mm, beyond studying yeah (laughs) I did the same thing I was um I did data entry and so like just computer work which was glorious and it's kind of I I'm not sure exactly with food service but you don't have to think about it Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a rote function and you do it. And I think that really helped me mentally that I could go to a job and just do it and then walk away and then, you know, do my grad school. But I was just like you. I worked full time while I was in grad school. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, it's really hard and there, yeah, there can be a lot of pushback and I know a lot of people do it. Um, but there could be some pushback sometimes that were kind of feelings that you aren't 
you know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, like SLP is your life and this is it from here. You have to give to this. And that just sets you up for stress and for that feeling of like guilt and, you know, not wanting to take care of yourself because, well, I could take care of myself or I could do a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) And then we all end up with all of these like health things. And one that I really wanted to pinpoint, which is the main reason that um, I reached out to you, is after I left, I was in a home health setting, two different ones, because we made a move um, not very far, just a couple of cities over. And there, there's also stress. I mean, there's stress in schools because there's not a cap like, okay, you have your highest caseload and you're done. Um, but in the medical setting, it's, you have to get these numbers for, Mm -hmm. um, just revenue for the company, which I understand. And then also to maintain your benefits. And there was a situation where I was, um, I had, I was low on my numbers just because the area that I served, there were not a whole lot of referrals coming in. Mm-hmm. And I was advised that I was going to lose my benefits. And I was like, um, no, I, I can't do that. And so they said, well, then you can market. You can go around with the marketers to the doctor's offices. And I'm like, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm a speech therapist. I don't have that kind of experience. And that was a very stressful situation because, you know, when you're faced with potentially losing your insurance because of something that you can't control. I was like, I can't for my family. I can't do that. And so I went back into the school setting and just, I think years of stress that wasn't managed appropriately or not necessarily that it it wasn't managed appropriately, but that, you know, my stress cycles that I would do really good. And then I would just Mm -hmm. get right back into um, that evil wheel of, taking care of others and not tending to myself that I started developing. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. So I had this rash that started in grad school. It was about the size of a dime on my upper right arm. And I just thought, well, you know, it's winter, it's, you know, dry skin, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've, I've always been like a quote unquote sensitive kid. So I've always had like reactions to bug bites that are worse. So I didn't really think much of it. And then when my stress levels got really bad at the end of that um, horrible 2005 to 2006 school year, when I had a hundred and some odd kids on my caseload, I noticed different patches of this eczema like thing. And my husband and I got married in 2006 and I was like, I don't want to look like this on my honeymoon. And so I went to a dermatologist and she said, here, take this steroid cream and it took care of it. But she said, you have to keep using it. And I was like, okay, well, after a while, I was like, wait a second, I don't want to take steroids every day. Mm-hmm. That's a natural. So I stopped and I tried to manage it through like different lotions and, you know, um, vitamin supplements and whatnot. Well, when I went back into the school setting the second time around, so that was 2013 to 2000, no, 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 excuse me, 2015 to 2017, the rash expanded and it was so much so that on the right side of my body, on 
the outer edge um, from my mid thigh all the way up to my rib cage. Oh, wow. Was this huge rash. And then I also had it on the insides of both of my knees. I had on the insides of both of my thighs. I had it just like in little pocket spots everywhere, but that was my largest um, span of skin. And it was getting really bad and painful and itchy and all these things. And I was just like, huh, okay, well, I'll just check out the dermatologist, get back on some steroid cream, whatever. So during a spring break in 2016, um, I made a dermatology appointment, a dermatologist that, you know, I hadn't seen one in a decade. And I came in and I was like, hi, this is the situation here. Look at this. I just need to get on different steroid cream. She goes, um, this is an eczema. I'm like, oh, okay. And next thing you know, I'm getting punch biopsies for a possible non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so a year's worth of more punch biopsies, which those aren't fun. Those don't just scrape the skin. They literally like drill into your skin like with the corkscrew type thing. And then like, oh, yeah, <laughs> not fun. Mm -mm. Um, but a year's worth of that and trying to manage and doing all of these um, studies and my particular case even went to a roundtable discussion at UT Southwestern because my results didn't mimic what is typical. Kind of like when I was talking about my mitral valve prolapse, mm -hmm. that it's normally women with high blood pressure. Well, I have extremely low blood pressure, so it was unique. So this is the same thing as there was a certain thing on the results, like two arrays that showed up and there should have only been one. And so they did all this thinking and everything. And they said, okay, well, let's just go ahead and try to manage it as if it were this, and then we'll let you know. And, um, they did the round table discussion. And I, I remember the phone call as if it were yesterday. And it was back in May of 2017. I was in my car. It was after, um, a kind of, uh, school wide or district wide, but it included other districts. Um, this kind of special Olympics type of thing that's hosted by the district that I work for. And I was in my car with two other, um, a diagnostician and an SLP friend of mine, because we were taking all of the equipment back to um, one of the original buildings to put everything back up. And they said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and call it. You have um, mycosis fungoides, which is a cutaneous T cell lymphoma. There is said it's stage 1A. Um, but so it's basically a blood cancer, but it shows up in the lymphocytes of my skin and it mimics the look of eczema. Oh, wow. And it's this smoldering diagnosis. So it's not like colon cancer or breast cancer where it can be very quick to grow. Um, apparently it had started very minutely. Um, and they never say, they never know when it switches from eczema to the actual mm -hmm. blood cancer. But I personally think that it was that high level of stress when I went back into the school system because I was also, um, I'm not 100% bilingual, but I'm conversationally fluent with the exception of some verb conjugations. Mm -hmm. And so I had my own campus, but then I was also responsible for any other campus that had, or not like the entire caseload, but any bilingual students that needed 
and oh, wow. therapy services. So I was traveling. So I was basically doing home health and the school setting because I was doing the travel part of it, but still, you know, having mm-hmm. the school caseload. And it just, it really got me. And that was my body's way of, I, I think that stress really exacerbated that timeline. Because remember, it went from a little dime size on my arm to this huge swath of skin, you know, probably a foot wide and a, maybe 18 inches long. And I, I'm, I'm not glad that stress put me there, but if I didn't get the diagnosis that it would eventually become lymphoma, it would go into my lymph nodes, which is a much more serious condition. Mm-hmm. Um, this condition is managed by phototherapy. Um, I have a phototherapy machine. It just looks like an upright tanning bed that I have in my bedroom. And I basically tan, for lack of a better word, um, a couple, two to three times a month. And it manages it. If you looked at my skin now, it's clear. It's absolutely clear. And to know that that is, you know, helping is amazing because eventually if it got worse, I would do chemotherapy or, you know, radiation or something like that. But when it was getting stressful and I was going through that year of, I don't know, do I have cancer? Do I not? I told administration, I said, this job, I'm not going to let this job give me cancer. I'm not going to, you know, this is not going to stress me out. Well, wrong. (laughs) Do, Do I think the job gave me cancer? No. Do I think that it, it didn't, I wasn't meant to work in the school system. Mm-hmm. it's just the, the number, the quantity of kids. I just, I can't do it. It's not within my type, a empathic ISFJ one wing two nature to work with a hundred or 75 kids at a time. Yeah. I just, I can't do it. And so I'd always wanted to have my own private practice. I had thought of that ever since I was in grad school and um, in 2016, which was kind of the height of when all that was going on, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. And so right, literally the month that I got the diagnosis was when I left because I had already decided that I was going to leave. I wasn't going to renew my contract, but how scary is that? Hi, you have a new medical diagnosis. It's pretty significant. And now you're going to work on your own. (laughs) (laughs) what are you thinking? Are you insane? Um, and, but I did it and, you know, like I had that three months income to kind of figure it out. And that's when I got a PRN job uh, working for a company for the geriatrics. So that way there wouldn't be a conflict of interest as I developed my caseload. Um, and the funny thing is you think, okay, well, she got that under control and she's on track. She finally got the job of her dreams wrong because if you still have that hustle mentality no matter where you work it's gonna affect you yes that is yes (laughs) it will always be there no matter what job you have because it's a mindset and you will just keep and like i said my stress cycle you're just going to keep doing the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over and over again And I, again, it was hustle, hustle, hustle. And so at, in 2016, no, 2018. Yeah. I'm getting my numbers wrong. In 2018, 
I had 24 patients on my caseload as a private therapist. Wow. Right. And you're thinking, wow, that's, that's great. You know, you started your job, your own private practice. And within a year and a half, you've got a full caseload. Okay. Well, that's great. But I'm also the biller. I'm also the marketer. I'm also the sales rep. I'm also the woman who calls insurance companies. So I didn't think about that because I was always used to just treating and didn't realize the amount of time that taking care of the business mm -hmm. took, like the business end of it. And I went down that same cycle, that, that losing weight, heart palpitations. And then instead of it being vertigo, I started um, almost passing out, like blacking out at um, patients' homes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good thing. The heart palpitations I can manage because I've done, done that for a while. And the vertigo I can manage because, again, I've been there. But when you start to black out at people's houses, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> 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 Something's not right. <laughs> And I'm sure as an SLP, like our first thought is like, you know, not even about ourselves blacking out. It's like, oh, what's the family going to yes. do? You know, about yes. all the strain I'm putting on them. And it's like, right. no, we're blacking out. Right. Instead of like, oh my gosh, is the kid going to see me do that? Is that going to scare them? Or, oh my gosh, does the family know that they don't need to call 911 because it's part of the stress? Yes. <laughs> It's that definitely empathic worry about them when like you're dying, which I wasn't, but yeah, it's the same thing as, yeah, you know, like when you think about it on a plane, you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can put the oxygen mm -hmm. mask on somebody else. And so, um, a dear friend of mine, um, she was like, Leanna, you need to go to the doctor. Nah, I'm fine. It's just stress. Come on. I've been doing this for a long time. It's just stress. And she's like, mm -mm, no, you seriously need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. And I just like put it off. The next morning, I almost passed out again at a patient's house and then ended up leaving their house and going to a public restroom and throwing up. Mm. And I was like, okay, there's something wrong. And so, and this is perhaps a little TMI, but I know that the majority of your listeners are female, mm -hmm. um, but my cycle had gone on for 21 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's also concerning. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I called my first phone call was to my regular PCP. And I went in and didn't see her, unfortunately, but I, it was more of a um, time is of the essence thing. Mm -hmm. And so I met with um, one of her associates and she's like, okay, it may be something related to um, your hormones. So make a call to your gynecologist and okay. So did a exam, which that's not fun. And then she said, yeah, I need to do an ultrasound. Oh, why? No, no, just this is supposed to be stress. It, the, it doesn't need to be all of this. I've, I've, <laughs> I've already got mitral valve prolapse, generalized anxiety disorder, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm good. Like, really, I'm good. And the ultrasound was done. And look at that. I have an endometrioma. Gosh. So I did research. 
And so many of those symptoms, like there's a lot of them for endometriosis and Mm -hmm. I was experiencing like over half of them, but they're all so different and they mimic my stress triggers, you know, like my stress um, symptoms. And so I didn't know. And then after that, um, I went in for a checkup, you know, put me on birth control to manage my hormones and the endometrioma. Like I still have them pop up, which is mm-hmm. endometriosis, but in general, it's fairly well managed. And um, she's like, I was telling her of some other symptoms that have cropped up. She goes, yeah, it sounds like you're going through perimenopause too. I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> like, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just a young 43. Come on now. But, you know, and then I think to myself, like, okay, I've got all of this, this baggage, this medical baggage. And I don't want to tell my families because I don't want them to stress out about it. I, and I also, there's two things that I worry about is talking about this, which is why it's been so long for me to hold this in. Um, is that I don't want pity. Um, sympathy, I guess is okay, but I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me because in my mind, there are so many more people who need that empathy and sympathy than me. And so I would rather your energy be placed on them instead of me. And then second, I don't want someone to think that because I have a medical condition or medical conditions that it makes me less of a person and I'm not worthy enough to be your child's therapist that, Oh, she's going to get sick all the time. Or, Oh, she doesn't, you know, she has so much going on that she's not going to be able to invest in my child. And I end up slowly telling families about it because there may be a day that I have to go for a checkup or there may be a day when my endometriosis flares, which causes vertigo and I can't drive. So I can't see your kid. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's, I, I'm getting better with managing everything. And so it's a lot less than it was um, back in like late 18, early 19. So that's why I had kept it to myself and just close family members or close friends. But then I thought, wait, who you're providing, not a service, but a disservice because I want people to understand that stress, it, I mean, there are set, there is such thing as a good stress, but if you're in a stressful situation, you need to pay attention to what your body is telling you and go with your gut and don't just say, oh, it's just stress. Oh, once I, you know, get through X, Y, Z, then I'll be okay. No, you won't because it's either just gonna get worse or something else is gonna be added to the mix. And I think I'm a perfect example of that. I mean, would I have gotten mitral valve prolapse? Perhaps. Would the cancer be diagnosed? Eventually, because the cancer cells were in my body, it was just a matter of when they would be activated. Mm -hmm. But I think that stress had a huge um, push in all of those things. And so I think that it's like my public service <laughs> for the century to tell people it is not okay to be stressed all the time. It's not normal. And <clears throat> especially if you're dealing with mental health, 
it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to get support. It is not a stigma because so many people deal with it. And I just wanted to bring my story to light. So hopefully if one person hears this and knows they're not alone or, oh my gosh, I've been having some symptoms, but I've just been putting it off as stress. Maybe I need to look into that. And that might change your health for the better. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Because I, I do think that, you know, I mean, a lot of us are, I mean, stress is so huge in our field. And yes. we, just, we just keep pushing through. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to finish off because I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, she's got it under control. If you've been listening this 40 some odd <laughs> minutes, I'm in a stress cycle. So right now, so, you know, we've got the everything is going great. Then I start to add more things onto my plate. I get overwhelmed and then I realize the problem and get back to those healthy habits. Right now, I'm in the I realize the problem and I'm getting back to my healthy habits. Mm-hmm. Um, quarantine and switching my oh. business to teletherapy in three days, I did not miss a beat. I did not miss one day of work because <laughs> I was just like, no, these kids are going to get served and I'm going to figure it out. So I, you know, I was in the start to do more things with the teletherapy, which that was out of my control, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't yeah. plan for the global pandemic. I don't think anybody did. Um, but then I got overwhelmed and stressed because just adding all of that stuff. So now I'm getting back to the doing the right things. And for me, it's taking my vitamins. That is huge. Um, and I had gotten off track with that. So taking my vitamins, making sure I'm drinking enough water. I mean, we're all basically yes. just houseplants with feelings. And so <laughs> we need water and sunshine. And so, you know, taking your vitamins or for me, taking my vitamins, drinking my water, making sure I'm making healthier choices just for my diet, for my endometriosis, my diet, for my mitral valve prolapse, my diet for um, my anxiety, you know, so Mm -hmm. think of those things. Plus I have low blood sugar and low blood pressure. So just, you know, managing all of that, making sure I'm, you know, eating snacks throughout the day instead of only having three meals. Mm -hmm. Um, Sleep is important. I use essential oils and depending on the day, I'll either do like a stress away type thing, roll it on me before I go to bed or lavender. Um, taking breaks instead of saying, okay, I'm going to finish all these claims before I take a break. No, do half of them, take a 15 minute break and then do the other half because mentally, if you just keep going, you're going to run out and you're going to make more mistakes and then you're going to have to go back and do the work again. Mm -hmm. So if you punk things, when you have that mental energy and shout out again to Jess Massey and her HS5. Mm -hmm. and her focus three, like think of when you are best in the day and do those mental tasks when they're best for you. And so me as a private practice person, I, I don't have perfect control over my schedule because I can't say I'm going to see a kid this time because they may not be at home. So I kind of have to manage it that way, but there is at least one day where I don't see a whole lot of kids and the rest of that day is paperwork. And then I chunk throughout the day, like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to do claims. In the afternoon, I'm going to organize and file papers Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. 
And then reducing clutter. I've realized that if I have a lot of clutter, it makes me stressed out. And so, but when you're in a moment or in that, for me, that stress cycle of, I have to do all the things, you just let stuff pile up. Cause you're like, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that. I call my materials um, that I throw in the office material mountain. Those are things that I need to clean <laughs> before I can, you know, I'm still in the process of cleaning from three months of material mountain. And it's taken me three and a half hours so far and I'm almost done. Mm. Yeah. And I have all the materials because I've been a speech therapist for 17 years. And so like I've gathered things throughout the time. So I have like a closet full, which it, it's a good thing and a bad thing because then it's like, oh, well, you've just got more stuff in the closet. You just go get and pull out that material. Well, yeah, but then you have to clean it later. So it just, you know, it, it, it's a thing. It's like a constant mindset of things that you need to do. So you need to figure out what works best for you. And for me, it's lists like decluttering and taking care of my body. And if I can manage those three, for the most part, I'm all right. Yeah. And I love how you you talk about like your cycle of stress that you get in. And I think sometimes when we are maybe like in the kind of the bottom of the cycle or like Mm -hmm. getting deeper into the stress and not quite like getting back out. Like when a lot of us are in there, sometimes it, we feel almost like down or upset Mm -hmm. or kind of like, I can't believe this is happening Mm -hmm. again, you know, like, like defeated, but it happens like the cycle, it, it continues. And I love that you, you call it like you're getting back to your healthy habits because it's like every time we learn a little bit more mm-hmm. that we can do. And so if you can just recognize, okay, like something is off. Here's what I haven't been doing. I need to get back to doing that. Like yeah. I've let go of doing my vitamins. Like, no, I'm not drinking water and I really do need to drink water yeah. or I'm not sleeping. Like that, it's such a huge thing because if you realize it, then you already know what to do. Exactly. You know, like you already had it. So it's like a huge step and it's actually a really good thing like yeah it's not fun to be in the stress but knowing that you already know how to get yourself out that's amazing right and one last thing that everybody needs to hear and i need to hear it on the regular say no mm-hmm. no is oh a complete yes. sentence it, it you do not have to feel bad for saying no um like you know i'm a private practice person and right now my caseload is full And I am on a couple of Facebook groups and someone reached out and said, Hey, does anybody take this insurance and is in this area to do this kind of teletherapy for this type of patient? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that just checked off all my boxes. I need it. Whoa, hold on. Wait a second. You know, your caseload's full. Why are, why are you even thinking about this? Why are you even entertaining this Mm -hmm. idea in your mind? And so old me, like five years ago, me would have just done it anyway and said, I'll fit them in. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And new me is like, huh, no. Remember, do you want to add another diagnosis to your, <laughs> to your medical book? No, no, you don't. And so it's that it, it's a hard, happy medium to try mm-hmm. to figure out 
where is the, I want to help people, but I don't want to get too stressed, but I really like helping people. But if I help people too much, then I'm going to be stressed. And then you're not really helping anyone. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's hard because when you don't own your own business, you can't advocate. Mm -hmm. You can't go, you know, it's not as easy just to go to school administration and say, Hey, my caseload's too high. I'm not going to work until I get somebody else to help me. No, they'll just replace (laughs) you. And the same thing goes in any setting. You can be replaced. But I think um, Fong Palafox, she is amazing. I was thinking of her when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Fong's amazing. And she is helping us, like, find our roar and helping administration, people who aren't in the dredges like us, understand that, yeah, we make it look easy, but it's because we're busting our tails and we're ending up in this huge amount of stress that we don't let you see because mm-hmm. we need to keep doing our job and we don't want the kids to see it either. And it there needs to be a shift. There needs to be, you know, more of you take, and this is something that I've learned before um, in business courses and books that I've read is that you don't take care of your customers. You take care of the people that take care of the customers, Mm -hmm. because if you don't take care of them, you won't have any customers because you won't have a business. Yeah. And so that's the thing is that you have to help your employees help the people that they're meant to serve, whatever that is. And if they're not happy, your customers aren't going to be happy because your customers are dealing with your employees. And Mm -hmm. so I have to, that's kind of a mindset that I hearken back to. Now, granted, it's just me, myself, and I, I don't have employees, but I have to remind myself, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be a good therapist for a patient because I might be um, snappy you know, to a little Mm three-year-old instead of like, if they're being silly, instead of saying, okay, now we need to get back towards it. Hey, you need to pay attention, you know, and it makes a difference. And so I, I wish that administration could understand that. And I wish there was more budgeting. I wish there was more funds, but you know, that that's the struggle that we're at right now is that people know that change needs to happen, but they don't have the ability to make it happen right now. Yeah. Because budget it budget. Yeah, it's true. And it's something I've actually been, it's been running through my mind while we've been talking. It's like right now with that, we're at the phase of like, like the foundation phase yeah. of like, it's okay for us to finally start talking about we're struggling. We need help. We may not be at the point where we can, like you said, walk up to your administrator and be like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. We might be, depending on the the facility you're at. Like, I had right. a really great admin team when I was in schools, and I felt like I could have done that, but I still didn't do it. It was still like I didn't tell them I was stressed until I told them I was resigning. Right. Um, Same. And they were like, oh, my gosh, well, if you ever want to come back, like, we love having you. What, like, they weren't upset or anything. They were like, right. man. Um, but it's still really scary. But I think that it's – you know, with making all of these changes, like we're sometimes still in that like baseline, like we're now able to talk about that we're all stressed. And from here, once we 
once that becomes normal for us to like not hide our stress anymore, then we'll be able to take the next step of like overhauling things. Yeah. Like reform. It's like you have to figure out what doesn't work and then work to make it work better. Yeah. So I know it's easy to feel defeated or feel like, ah, we're stuck sometimes or we can't say no um, unless you're in a private practice or an independent contractor or something, but we're, we're, I think as a, as a field, we're slowly but steadily making progress to that. Yeah, because you need to push for yourself just as mm-hmm. if, and, you know, I think back to if I were a parent of a child that needed services, you would push the school system or the insurance companies for your kid to get what they needed. So why as a service provider would you not be allowed to do the same thing? Mm-hmm. And we can come at it from the approach of, you know, if, if we're stuck in the bottom of the stress cycle all the time mm-hmm. and we're just overwhelmed and stressed, we are not, like you said, we're not going to be the best therapist right. that we can be. We're not going to be able to give them everything that they need in, or as close to it as we possibly could. Right. So, yeah. So that's one of our ways to to hopefully start, like, you know, you have to start somewhere. And I mean, if we are the pioneers that help the future generations, (laughs) then I mean, I'm all for it because I kind of, as you know, what we had talked about before we started, um, the interview that you want your, like your kids to have better than what you had. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want other people to suffer like you did. And I wouldn't want somebody to go through the things that I had. If I had someone that I had been through something similar and said, hey, you shouldn't have to deal with all this stress or, hey, you need to work on yourself. You need to do some mindset stuff. That would have been so much more helpful. So that's like another reason why I wanted to talk with you. So that way there is like, speech therapists and others that listen to your podcast know that you're not alone, that others like us either have gone through it or are going through it. And, you know, I've developed some relationships through Instagram on DMs Mm -hmm. and it's great. Like they can say like, Hey, I'm having this rough day or whatever. And they can vent to me and then I can vent to them and we can kind of work it out together. So that that's a shout out to anybody who would like to DM me. Um, I'd be more than happy to share my knowledge. Um, because even though I don't like having the knowledge, I think that I have it for a reason. And if that reason is to help others, then by all means, I already went through it. Might as well get some use out of it. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your story today. And it is very true that like it's, you know, there are more people sharing stories, but it helps so much to keep hearing and to hear even more from people because otherwise we get isolated and we think mm-hmm. we're the only one and then we, we don't know what to do and we either quit or we stay where it eventually affects our health more and more and more. Exactly. So, so thank you so much for being here and for sharing and giving people, you know, some hope that and some you know, like just feeling that they're not alone. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I tell people, yeah, I've got all these medical diagnoses, diagnoses, sorry. Um, but I run a private practice. 
so it can be done. You can make progress. You can, you know, do things you want to do. You just have to be willing to make sacrifices for your own health. Yes. Ah, oh, love it. So where can people find, um, where can people connect with you? Okay. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram and my handle and I have to look it up because I don't, yeah, it's SpeechWorks Therapy. So all together SpeechWorks Therapy. And then um, I think on Facebook, it's SpeechWorks Therapy TX. Don't really do Twitter. I think I'm going to hop on to that next year, but um, but yeah, Instagram is probably the best way to find me. And then my website is speechworks therapy tx for Texas.net. Um, I'm planning on next year doing some blog posts and having like handouts for families. And, you know, hopefully 2021 will be better than this year. And so I have a positive yes. outlook. And so I'm planning to ramp up some more things that will help others. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, head over. And like you said, um, you love when people send you messages and connect. And especially this year when we are like this last year, when we've all been so spread apart anyway, it's really nice to be able to just know you can reach out to other SLPs and still have community from so far away. Exactly. So thank you so much. And for the the names we've mentioned today, um, oh, yes. Jess Massey, Jess Massey, and then um, Fung Palafox, we um, actually have some episodes where I have um, interviewed them. So oh, if fantastic. anybody's listening and you want more of some of the stuff that Leanna has talked about, that's um, again, Jess Massey and Fong Palafox. We, um, they're, they're both amazing. And yeah, they both, there's some really good things um, that I think people will find helpful and knowing that, you know, they can listen to that and then listen to your story and see like how you've actually used some of what yes. they've said. It's awesome. So yes. thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Yes. And thank you for everybody for tuning in today. Are you ready to truly manage your stress, reduce burnout, and finally find more balance in your life? Well, the SLP Stress Management course is here to help you do just that. In this eight-week course, you'll take a deep dive into what stress is and why it affects SLPs so much, as well as learn practical stress management tools as you build a step-by-step system that works for your stress and your daily needs. You can check this out now at jessieandrix.com and I hope to see you in the course.